From the studios of Advancing Vibrant Communities in Modesto, California, this is Lighthouse Live Radio on the Lighthouse Live International Podcasting Network. Welcome to Lighthouse Live, the radio voice of advancing vibrant communities. Our mission is to motivate believers to move out from the four walls of the church to personally serve the needs of their neighborhoods. Get ready for a no-holds-barred, honest look at the Christian lifestyle the way Christ commanded it to be. All that and more coming right up here on Lighthouse Live. And good evening to you wherever you may be around the world on the Lighthouse Live International Podcasting Network. Welcome to Lighthouse Live. Pastor Mike Douglas with you along with our producer and co-host Elaine Harlan and of course our uh, very, very faithful prayer intercessor, the inimitable Mr. Al, Al Ramsey uh, with us as well. Great to have you with us and uh, a big thank you this week to all of you who have served in the armed forces of the United States of America. We have one here, uh, Mr. Al. Uh, served and uh, we thank you for your service and, and hope all of you will take time at the end of this week to uh, celebrate uh, the great uh, sacrifice and uh, the, the wonderful mission that uh, many of our uh, veterans have uh, have uh, sacrificed for for our country and, and we thank you and we salute you and, and uh, very much mm-hmm. appreciate your yes. service to our country. Well, before we get started, let's check in with our friends from Voice of the Morning. Hey, what's up? This is Michael Tate with news about some more real-life Jesus freaks from the Voice of the Martyrs. After decades of civil war, on July 9th, South Sudan officially gained independence. Still, disputes remain over borders, oil rights, and religion. The North is predominantly Muslim, while South Sudan is animist and Christian. Believers who remain in the North fear a new wave of violence at the hands of Islamic militants. One city, Kadukli, has been severely damaged. One local pastor called it beyond imagination, noting that all the churches are either burned or looted. There is a desperate need for humanitarian aid and prayer. For more, go online to persecution.com. Just a reminder, friends, to pray for our persecuted brothers and sisters uh, around the world. You know, we uh, we are so blessed here in the United States of America. We certainly have our, our problems, but we are free to gather and pray and have church services and, and home meetings and not have to worry about that. And, of course, in other places of the world, that is not the case. But... You know, with that, we also know that uh, oftentimes the church is never stronger than at the point that uh, it is persecuted. And uh, we'll be having, by the way, tonight some wonderful friends back uh, back with us, yes. and we'll be introducing a couple of too many mics in the room tonight. This Mike is a dangerous. Oh man, yeah. one mic yeah. is it? Never mind. No. Pastor but, and but Chaplain Mike Atinsky. <laughs> Mike, it's been a long time since you've been. Yeah, it's great, great, uh, great, great to have you back. back. And and um, you know, a recognizable voice in the Central Valley, Marty mm-hmm. Lancer. Back yes. with us after a couple of weeks, right? Yeah, I am back, and uh, 
found out about this and thought, boy, they're going to get tired of uh, having me on the air. No you know? way. Well, always uh-huh. love to have you uh-huh. on the air. And uh, Joseph Cabral with yes, us as well. Absolutely. And, uh, yes. Had uh, the opportunity to meet uh, a couple of years ago now, right? It's yep. Been, yep. Been, been a while. And uh, some, some wonderful things happening. Mm-hmm. You know, amidst all the headlines that we have and all the negative stuff, there are just some wonderful initiatives that are happening uh, through the body of Christ. We'll be talking about that a little bit. Uh, before we get to Brad Dacus, I just want to let you know, friends, we had a great time. Uh, this past week, uh, partnering with the Stanislaus County mm-hmm. Office of Education mm-hmm. and uh, the kickoff of year two for Choose Civility. Choose Civility. It was a great kickoff. And, uh, you know, the, the, Tom Shanyon, our, our superintendent of Love schools, yes. launched this uh, about a year ago. And, and it's a wonderful way, really. You know, there, the, God provides those open doors when you can emphasize biblical principles in a secular setting. You know, and uh, you look at the principles of, of true civility. I mean, you know, there are principles, really, that are based on, you know, doing to others as you would have them doing to you and, and love your neighbor as yourself, although, the, you know, the language has changed a little bit. But it's a great opportunity for the uh, county to get behind. You're just being nice. And I'm, I'm thinking of true civility and, and the way it can uh, really roll out on a daily basis. Driving to work today. You know, okay. you got to be careful with the ichthus on your car, oh. you know, because... Uh, <laughs> the little fish. <laughs> yes. So, so, you know, I love Jesus. Well, you look like he more loved Mario Andretti. I mean, <laughs> and, uh, and it wasn't a Corvette, though, by the way, Mr. Al. I just want to let you know about that. But anyway, you got to be careful about that. And, you know, people are watching us. And Peter had something to say about that, you know, to us, that, that we need to be careful how we act out in the world because we are representing uh, the body of Christ and the Lord himself and uh, just, just so important. So anyway, we encourage you, if you'd like more information on Choose Civility, it's a great initiative, a countywide thing that everybody can participate in. Give us a call at 209-544-9571. That's 209-544-9571. Happy to talk to you about that. Or email us at info at vibrantcommunities.org, info at vibrantcommunities.org. Now here's Brad Dacus. It's time for The Legal Edge, a look at your rights as a Christian, a parent, and a citizen. And now, with a look at what's happening on the legal front, the president of the Pacific Justice Institute, Brad Dacus. The United States Supreme Court started a new term this month, and one of its first actions could help a lot of churches. You see, that's because the high court chose not to hear a church property rights case that had already been won by Pacific Justice Institute. Now, this means many churches will have more freedom to use their property as they believe God is calling them to do, not just as the government wants it to be used. Let's hope and pray churches wishing to build are encouraged by this major development. I'm Brad Dacus. To find out more about The Legal Edge, call 916-857-6900 or log on at pacificjustice.org. And we're back with you live here on Lighthouse Live and get to some fun stuff here in just a moment. First, a look at the Volunteer Center of the United Way. The Thanks for Giving Dinner is scheduled for Thursday, November 24 at 12 noon at the Modesto Center Plaza. Volunteers needed 12 years and uh, 
under need to be with their parents 18 years and older. You don't have to be. And, of course, unless you need to be. You what can if come. you're between 12 and 18? <laughs> then I guess you can come with Pastor Mike. <laughs> you can have lots of volunteerships available, monetary donations, and non-perishable canned foods are needed and appreciated. The Salvation Army Modesto Citadel providing assistance with emergency food, non-meals, uh, uh, to help out information and referral disaster aid, Meals on Wheels, youth programs and senior services. They just do a terrific job there. And the Salvation Army Red Shield Center, Joseph Cabral knows all about this. We'll be talking a little bit about uh, them as well. The Community Thanksgiving Dinner, co-sponsored by Red Shield and Series Rotary will be uh, held on Friday, November 18th at 5 p.m., and volunteers needed there as well. Uh, Non-perishable food, canned foods and rolls are needed and appreciated. The Salvation Army Red Shield Center is a Christian-based community center for people of all ages whose purpose is to provide positive character-building activities by offering educational, recreational, social, and spiritual programs. And, of course, we do uh, encourage you to get involved in all of those. We wholeheartedly uh, encourage the volunteering with Reading Works Adult Literacy Program. Some wonderful individuals doing this. If you teach an adult to read, you can change their future absolutely. Uh, 46% of Stanislaus County adults are in the two lowest levels of literacy. Uh, and are considered functionally illiterate. You can absolutely change their life, their future, their children's future, uh, just their entire world by spending just a couple of hours per week uh, helping them to read. Reading Works is providing a tutor orientation Wednesday, November 16th from 6.30 to 7.30 p.m. at the Modesto Library downstairs auditorium. A tutor training will follow on Saturday, the 19th of this month uh, from 10 to 4 p.m., and that's uh, at the Reading Works Learning Center in Modesto. Uh, and I think Nike said it best, just do it. Uh, be a great thing to get involved with. Contact Barbara Borba if you have any questions on these items. She's at 209-524-1307, extension 113. Again, 209-524-1307, or email her. She's at bborba at uwaystan.org. Here at ABC, we have a family, three small children. Mom has multiple sclerosis, and they need a washer and an electric dryer. Dad told me today that they really have their hands full, as you might imagine. So uh, if you have uh, any of these appliances to donate, get a hold of us, and we will uh, get these items to them. We also need dressers for some children, beds, oh, yes, and it is cold outside. Usually we're asking for space heaters, and they can be a good thing. They can also be a very dangerous thing, so we have to be careful about these things, don't we? Uh, so if you want to donate some space heaters at this time of the year, uh, we encourage you to do that. Also, if you'd like to help us deliver them, uh, we would uh, love to have you be part of the team to do that. Get a hold of us at 209-544-9571, 209-544-9571, and we'll uh, get those items to where they need to go. And, uh, Lane, you're going to be moderating a, moderating uh, an interesting uh, um panel coming up on December 5th, Monday, December 5th, 6 o'clock at the county library called Stan Speaks. And 
It's not someone named Stan. It's no. It's Santa Claus County, yeah, Stan Speed. Tell, tell us a little bit about what, what's uh, going on there. And well, this who's is fairly, uh, Mike, a new forum that uh, has taken place at the library here in Stanislaus County, 15th and I Streets in downtown Modesto. So check it out. Check it out. Hey, and don't let your library card do what no, Pastor sorry. Mike's library card We won't, we won't, <laughs> we won't discuss go that. there. No. We won't. No, this is a, a wonderful forum where lots of different issues are covered, and uh, the library board and uh, lots of wonderful library friends uh, have taken this on, and uh, we're just uh, privileged to be a part of this. Pastor Mike, you were on uh, one of the panels, one of the very first panels, uh, actually, uh, when this got started. But on December 5th, uh, the, the topic will be uh, the community, about a caring, a caring community here in Stanislaus County, and we do have one. Our panelists will be Dr. Robert Chin of the uh, <laughs> Cornerstone Medical Foundation and also here at AVC, uh, Ruby Kennedy. Uh, an activist here in the community, and also Dale Butler of the Latino Emergency uh, uh, Communications Council. And it's just going to be a wonderful time of uh, greeting the community, letting you know who the resources are here in this community that absolutely do care, some unsung heroes in our community, and it's all about giving. And what better month to do that than the month of December? So we just encourage you to join us, come and, and listen, and uh, just join your community in caring here in Stanislaus County. December 5th, it starts at 6 o'clock in the evening, 6 to 7. We encourage your questions and comments, and uh, hope you'll join us. For and it's so in the nice little auditorium area. If yes, you're familiar is. with the library, county library, you go in, uh, go to your left, and down the stairs, uh, hopefully using the stairs, not you know rolling. I think the there stairs, are elevators but, uh, too. If you're, but they don't always go all the way up I for was me. Going you know, to so. say but anyway, the, it. really, it's 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 a wonderful community uh, service, it and really and it's is. a great way for the community to get involved, and especially talking about the services that are available that you may not know about. There are so many resources in this community that yeah, you absolutely. can tap into that you may not even know exist. But we know about three of our friends that exist tonight and haven't been here for a very long time, and we want to welcome you gentlemen back. And we're talking about chaplain, pastor, rabbi, and friend. Anything I've left out there, Mike Latinsky? Uh, well, a, few, a few things my wife described. Well, we won't go there, right? right? And our dear brother in the Lord and friend also Joseph Cabral and Marty Lancer, the voice of the Valley. Welcome back to you, gentlemen. Thank you. Oh, thank you for thank being you. here. And uh, I'm not sure if the if the two of you, Michael and Joseph, knew each other the last time that you guys were on the air or no, not. No, I, I I knew Joe from a couple of years ago. Yeah, right. and uh, and uh, continue to get to know Joe. Nice. And I've I have enjoyed that, but uh, we've probably been working more closely together the last uh, year, yep. maybe. Well, let me give it a little background yeah. on on my brother Mike Atinsky over here, because you know for for a long time we we've had jail chaplaincies here mm -hmm. in Stanislaus County, and 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 good things going on. But Mike, you know, really, when when God connected you through an unusual circumstance, ministering to another pastor That's who, right. who was in jail. Uh, God just really called you to this. And, you know, it is a wonderful thing where you're in God's sweet spot. 
you know, you're, you're right where he wants you to be and, and you're exercising the skills. And Mike, I just have to say, you know, you're in God's sweet spot here, you know, as, as a jail chaplain. You just, he's just done so many amazing things through you. And I think one of, one of the great things that you've done is you've established relationships with the deputies and uh, with the sergeant and the supervisors there. And that's a big, it's not just, you know, ministering to the incarcerated, but you're ministering to the, to the deputies there as well. Well, Yeah, I, I don't really see, I, when I go in and talk to the inmates, I tell them there's nothing different between you and me. Mm-hmm. We're both men. Uh, we're all men. We, we all make decisions in life. And I could have gone a path that would have put me behind bars. But just because I'm not behind bars doesn't mean I don't have the same struggles that you men have. Mm-hmm. Uh, just in a different way, a different level maybe, but still the same struggles. So I really don't see any difference. And, I hope those in law enforcement forgive me for this, but we're all men. We're yeah, all sorry. women. Not, I mean, men and women. I understand. Mean, we're, all I, okay, I get we're all men in here except for <laughs> yeah. women. Your thing's got about numbered here. People. Yeah. We're all people, and, and we're all uh, having the same basic need for God mm. and same basic need for God to be a part of our lives, and, and that's what we do. We encourage each other to be close to him. Amen. And so uh, I tell the in, I tell the deputies I say, well, uh, I said I I'm paid to love the inmates, but I love you guys for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and it's of course men and women that are uh, in law enforcement. Yeah. So thank you for those kind words. Absolutely. Well, t- tell us what's happening. You've got some great new things going on over the past couple of years, and yes. and uh, Joseph is partnering with right. you, and, and Marty is as well. Kind of bring us up to date. Well, I really think I'm kind of partnering with them more than they're partnering <laughs> with me. I'm learning. I'm on a learning curve. And, and I uh, think I'm Marty's C&I dog, so. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's good, Joseph. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't uh, bark, and that's good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but he's got lots of great tricks. Uh, yeah. we know. Well, well, the one thing I, I want to say at this point, uh, five years ago, uh, I was, I had a feeling in my heart I wasn't being effective as a pastor. And the reason being is in Ephesians 4, it says we're supposed to equip the saints to do the work of ministry. And I wasn't seeing that happen. Uh, Christians, you know, when, when Christians suffer, it should not be because of our bad habits and our, and our desires for entertainment and our desires to, to have the good life. That shouldn't be where we find conflict. We should find conflict because we're involved in other people's lives that need to know Jesus. And I don't really see that happening most of the time as a pastor. It's usually childish. And I say spiritually Christians' childish actions that bring trouble to them and to their families. So I, as praying about that, uh, God put it in my heart, well, why don't you just stop what you're doing and do something differently? If it's not working, then change it. Mm. And so without having any grand plan, I decided, okay, I announced to the church, and we immediately uh, grew after I made this announcement. We grew smaller. <laughs> <laughs> and, That's a, uh, an interesting way growth. to put that. Yeah, there was growth. Uh, and uh, okay. and I, I said, we're not going to do the programs. Mm. I said, we're not going to have all these programs and try to match what other churches are doing. I said, there's great programs in the community join them, and uh, be a part of them. They were anyways. I said, let's just go with what's going in other 
churches, let them provide that ministry, but let us look for a way to be involved in the community on a personal level, not giving money to it, not just doing something once or twice a year, but get involved. Well, I didn't realize, I think I shared before, I was the first one that God tapped on the shoulder. And uh, basically, my decision to become a chaplain was also my decision to back away from what I was taught to be pastoring. And uh, so I backed away from it, from the 20 hours, 15, 20 hours a week to prepare a message to, uh, I'm just going to share, this is confession time, about three hours for for uh, messages on Sundays. And uh, that went so well, now I don't preach at all. <laughs> but, I'll tell you, uh, he doesn't. He doesn't. Yeah, now we just have Bible study. We yeah. we run our church on Sunday morning because it, we did have that growth spurt. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, we we run it as a small Bible study, and I and I emphasize small. And uh, we we're equipping people to know how to study the Bible for themselves and how to teach it. But doesn't and, that uh, smack of the early church, Michael? And, and I can't help but just... think that. And and I always thought, well, I don't want to be an early church snob, because there's early church snobs out there. They say, well, they kind of throw the church as it is away. And they say we have to get back to first century Christianity. Well, first century Christianity is not going to occur without first century passion for, for Jesus and passion for the lost. I don't get the snob part. The snob part? Yeah. Sometimes people think they, they throw away the church with criticism, the tr- traditional church. They criticize it, and, and they say it's not working, and they, they look for another religious experience or mm-hmm. another religious form to go into and they find that doesn't work either. And the reason being is if God doesn't change our attitudes mm-hmm. as Christians to be loving, forgiving, and, and active, uh, there's not going to really be any change no matter what form. My personal feelings about stained glass windows and softer pews and and more comfortable buildings to me is a substitute for not being out there serving Christ because uh, when you're out there serving Christ, you don't need the soft pews. Mm. You're not in them long right, enough right. to uh, care. And so there's this passion and there's this sacrifice about following Christ into the community, serving people, and the poor being a, a good portion of the people that we need to be serving. So it's just the activity of the church. When, and the church is not the organization, in my opinion, or a building, no, or the building. No. It's not the constitutional church. It's not the elder-led church. It's not the deacon-led church. It, it's not the pastor-led church. The church, Jesus is the head. The We're all the parts. So the, the, the challenge in my heart was how do you get the church out there? Because when you do, when you do this, you fail in all the areas that you think you need to succeed in. And you have to be able to count the cost and say, in in people's eyes, I'm going to look like a failure. But in God's eyes, I hope I'm his champion. Well, his his measurements are different than ours. Yes, his, right. his metrics are, are uh-huh. much different. Right. And, uh, and Mike, I want to go back to something yeah. you said just a couple of minutes ago, and, and I think you're alluding to Ephesians 4.11. Yes, of course. And uh, when Paul was talking about the, you know, the job of, of, of the, of the uh, leader, spiritual right. leader, is to equip the saints for service. And what we have done so many times in our culture is we've said, 
well, let's give it to the professional. Mm-hmm. You know, let's, uh, I'll pay the professional. That's not what Christ asks us. I mean, no. yes, to support, but he wants us to go out there with, right. with the giftings that he's given That's us and, and, and connect. And, and Joseph, I, I think, uh, you are a prime example mm-hmm. of God taking, you know, mm-hmm. your, your cumulative history and saying, okay, I have you right where I need you now, and I'm going to leverage that for my kingdom. And uh, maybe you can just uh, bring our audience, uh, just uh, you know, kind of give us a background of, of how God brought you to where you are today. Okay. My brain is thinking of, of when you you say that of uh, how God's word says He uses the the wise. I mean the foolish. I want to say the foolish to shame the wise, mm-hmm. and the the, yeah. the weak to shame the strong. Yeah. Uh, I guess I was foolish. I don't think my intentions are to shame the wise. Uh, but I sit in front of you still on parole, uh, uh, an extremely broken individual in thoughts and actions and so much in life. Um, but as a man of God, I'm seeking out how to be equipped, I guess, as we talk about. Um, and like I say, it's such a blessing to have Chaplain Mike, Marty, uh, the many people in my life to help me understand God's word as we uh, enjoy small Bible studies, uh, as we have church fellowship in a small group and a large group, however it may be. Um, Kind of like this is exciting, yeah. you know. And Marty, how how did you get connected with with uh, Joseph? And you you blessed him uh, tremendously, and I'm yes. sure that works both That's ways. Well, it, it has it's worked both ways. But I, how it started was uh, at our church. Uh, we were uh, involved, and in, and in one of the pastors of our church said, "There's a guy I want you to meet, and and maybe he could fit into your Sunday night Bible study." And I want to talk a little bit about that, perhaps later about. Uh, the difference between what's what's going on in our Sunday night Bible study and what Mike's doing, because they're radically different, and it's not that one's bad and one's good, but they are radically different, and and I and I want to cover that uh, in just a little while. Uh, but so he introduced us to Joseph, this pastor at our church, and so Joseph came to our Sunday night Bible study, and I think the thing that that really uh, turned me on about the whole experience was here was a guy, you know. Who was, of course, very enthusiastic and, and and talking about how his life had changed, and and I it, it was so uplifting to me because in our Bible study, you know, we have people that still struggle with the same things over and over and over again, me included, you know, um, you know, my waistline's getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Actually, I'm not struggling with it very much. It's kind of winning, you know, and and, and you know, uh, but here was this guy whose life had really changed. Um, now, I didn't know him very well. I didn't know about his struggles, you know, but his life had changed. All you had to do was hear his story. Mm-hmm. And, and so, and I remember saying to my wife, um, you know, if he doesn't come back, because we were all older than he was, you know, Joseph's 32 and here we were, you know, in our fifties and, and, and I, I think most of us were in our fifties or sixties. And I thought, you know, I wouldn't blame if he didn't come back, you know, we're, we're kind of old for him. Um, but if he doesn't, just having him there one night was worth the whole deal because we're seeing someone whose life is really changing. But he did come back. And through... Um, See, I'll interrupt Marty real quick because it threw me off. You know, I went the first time for Bible study and I was hungry. I wanted something new. And I knew, I mean, I know in my life, God dictates everything. You know, everything is done on his plan. You know, and sometimes I don't see that. But here I am in a new Bible study, and I was excited. You know, the people welcomed me into their home. Uh, they were uh, more welcoming than I expected. 
And here I am, I was excited about it. And then after I left the Bible study, I was looking forward to next week mm. to see what else I could mm. learn. And unfortunately, the next week, I wasn't able to make it. I was asked to go somewhere else, and my heart and mind was in that Bible study. And I'm asking myself, am I going to be judged? What are they thinking about me? Oh, they think I'm not going to come back. Mm-hmm. And, and it really kept me from focusing on what I needed to. Uh, but my, my, my heart and soul, I think, was in that Bible study, but my physical body was somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And then when I came back the next week, man, I was wondering, oh, man, I wonder what they're going to say. How is it going to be? Uh, but was welcomed uh, extremely uh, again, you know, and uh, now I live with Marty. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, you know, the first time he came over to the house and because and, we need to clean out the garage. And, you know, my wife and I are getting, you know, I mean, we're not old, but, you know, I'm blind and I have some physical limitations and my wife has some physical limitations. And we need, if we were cleaning out that garage, it would take, we'd never get it done. And so Joseph came over and one day or maybe two, we had that garage cleaned out. And so, he was in our Bible study, and, and, and so we knew that um, uh, maybe he was not totally comfortable living where he was living because the house was small and there were a lot of people in the house, and you know there was maybe some friction being caused a little bit, just as there can be in a situation like that. So we thought, well, yeah, we'll have him come live with us because we've got these two really, well, they're not empty bedrooms. they got a lot of junk in them, but we're not using them, you know, and so... He came and, and, and lived with us in, in October of 2009, and here he still remains today. And, and uh, you know, it, it's, it's been a good situation. And for everybody involved, it's been a good situation. Because one of the things he told me was, you know, I, I want to live, Marty, I want to learn to live like, you know, normal. I hate to use that word because... It only applies to temperatures, really, 98.6. <laughs> but, but I, if you want normal, you're striking out of this room. But, but I, but I want to, I want to learn to live the way you guys do. Um, I've not been able to really see that or have that as much as I want, and I want to learn more about that. And so, um, I said, well, yeah, that, you know, we'll, we'll try to, you know, we'll try to be normal for you and, and, and see, you know, see what happens. And then through that experience, um, Mike, uh, he hooked me up with Mike uh, Atinsky, and Mike started coming over to our house, and this was one of the Bible studies Mike was talking about to equip people to go out in the community. And I think the thing that was I wanted to talk about was that the radical difference was our Sunday night group really has not changed in four years. We've lost a few people, unfortunately one to death. Um, he passed away last year, but when we've lost a few people to attrition, we've gained a few people this way, but it really has not changed. Um, and, and that is acceptable in this mold. Um, you know, this is a Sunday night fellowship group. You guys are going to, and also Mike comes over and says, Oh yeah, this is only going to last about six weeks. Oh, it's only going to last. Wow. It's going to last six weeks. Huh? Well, then what happens? <laughs> and, and, well, we're going to go out in the community, Marty, and, and try to set up some more that are going to last six weeks. Oh. And this was a radical concept to yeah. me. You know, I, I was used to these Bible studies in church that they last forever, you know. <laughs> and, and, and you just keep going. And, and I don't necessarily think that's wrong, but we are not getting out. And, and that is the flaw, if you want to call it that. We're not getting out in the community. We're, Having a comfortable Bible study, people. Some people need that. I understand. You know, I enjoy it. Um, but we're not getting. We're not fulfilling the commission that way either. Absolutely, and uh, you know, it causes us to to ask some questions about how are we going to reach the community if we're siloed. 
you know, yeah, and uh, so we're going to be exploring uh, some of those issues, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll be challenging you if Elaine turns my mic back on. <laughs> or if I turn you off. <laughs> she does that to me all the time. I'm tired of my, I'm to turn his mic I off. Do, <laughs> there I we do, go. I do my... <laughs> <laughs> I just turned yours off too, Marty. And the reason I did so is because we love to, we love tonight's song. We play it every chance we get, like right now. <laughs> Hope you like it too. This is Salvador, guys, and you recognize the song, Marty. I know you do. This is Heaven on Lighthouse Live. <laughs> we'll be back, I think, for lots more. This prison, and Lord, help me to get away. Cause only you can save me now from this misery.
Salvador, heaven, here on Lighthouse Live. Boy, if that doesn't get your juices flowing, you know, that is, that Starbucks is, I anymore, just huh? love, <laughs> I just, uh, just love yeah. that, so... And uh, welcome back to Lighthouse Live on the Lighthouse Live International Podcasting Network. Tonight, uh, pastor and chaplain and uh, just, just all around good city reacher, Mike Atinsky with us, Joseph Cabral, and of course, uh, the uh, the infamous voice of the Central Valley, Marty Lancer. With us as well. <laughs> infamous is right. Yeah. <laughs> famous. We're talking um, talking about how God takes and, and leverages the stuff that that we've been through, and and Mike, I want to come back to uh, yeah. to you and how he transitioned you out of a traditional pastor role right. uh, to uh, really reinventing the the jail chaplain role here in, in yeah. Stanislaus County. Uh, tell us a little bit. What have you learned? How how long have you been the uh, in charge? About five years, if I'm Has not Has it been mistaken. that long, really? I think so. Absolutely. Does it seem too wow. long? No, I just I can't believe that. Wow. Why how time flies? Well, we're just all getting older, I guess. I know. Joseph over here stays young, you know, at 30-something. The rest yeah. of us, you know, ball over the hill. Um, but tell us, Mike, what, what has God uh, taught you? What has he revealed to you in this journey over the past couple of years serving the inmates? And well, the well, what he revealed to me within the first couple of years was the recidivism that you've mm. mentioned, and it is real. It's 70 to 80%. In our county, it's a little higher sometimes than other counties. And uh, so we have, but again, we were talking earlier, that 70% recidivism is 70% of 6%, 6 to 8%, if you want to be real conservative, 6 to 8% of our county mm. that end up incarcerated uh, in our jails. So really we're talking about 4 or 5% of our county that probably takes about 90% of our efforts and money mm, to take mm, care of. Mm. And uh but the, it's another uh another avenue there this is not a this is a complex issue. Yes. You can't just answer it one way or another. Uh, people, when I ask for volunteers and help, they're saying, well, yeah, but I, I'm not really called to a jail ministry. Well, it's not really being called to a jail ministry. It's being called to a family ministry. Mm, These are wow. broken, decimated mm-hmm. families. Mm-hmm. Yes. We're doing three, four generations. Now, four generations, I'm told, where kids, it's norm to have drugs and it's norm to have uh, two or three parents or four parents or uh, to have grandparents that aren't really grandparents. Because mm-hmm. when I first started hearing about the grandparents of uh, these children of the inmates, I envisioned these little gray-haired ladies, you know, that. and when they started telling me about them smoking marijuana and taking crack and all that, I'm thinking that doesn't. that's kind of shattering my image of what grandparenting is. Mm-hmm. But I do know we have the grandparents uh, out in our community that uh, do have... Uh, a normalcy about them and aren't drug addicts. But it seems like these kids and these families don't realize that. It seems like a a whole foreign idea that you wouldn't smoke weed at your one-year-old's birthday party. And if you refuse to smoke weed at a one-year-old's birthday party because you just came to know Christ, the family would shun you and get angry with Mm -hmm. you. And there's probably... Uh, maybe others could lend more insight to that, but it was a whole different world. My my uh, thinking just really shifted at how much we've lost in, I would say, the last 60 years. Mm. We've lost a lot of ground. 
And I, I think Sheriff Christensen has often said that, uh, you know, in, especially in response to the gang violence mm-hmm. uh, that we have, we, we can put a bazillion cops out on the street. It won't solve that. It right. it has to do with heart change and a change in the family. That's right. Uh, and and strengthening that. And and maybe Joseph, you can, mm-hmm. uh, you know, lend lend some of your uh, uh, expertise to this. And what are some of the causes of that recidivism rate of of, of guys and gals coming out of uh, jail and, and prison and Man, they're right back there, and not to uh, not too distant time frame. What what are some of the reasons for that? I think the biggest thing in the community is when it comes to the transition from being incarcerated to being free. Uh, it's extremely exciting, you know, to know that I don't have somebody that could tell me what to do anymore. It's that thought that sets you up for failure, mm. and uh, before you know it, uh, man, I'm locked back up again. What happened? Yeah. And uh, I think there needs to be something placed. Uh, in a transition from when you're getting ready to get out to even when you're out. You know, mm-hmm. there has to be something that extends a little bit before while you're still incarcerated right. and something still there as you're released to help you during that transition period. Um, because, uh, and again, I don't know the right wording, but it is like two different worlds, being yeah, incarcerated sure. and being free. And really, government is ill-equipped to fulfill that role. Oh, but yes. uh, the the church, I think... Uh, has a role there, right? You Mike? think? You think? <laughs> yeah, I wonder what Jesus meant by word, word assault in the light. Mm. And I wonder what he meant when he says, the poor you always have with you. Yeah. You know, mm. so, and there's one other thought too, talking about equipping the saints to grow. Uh, I think the most growth a Christian can have is when they lose themselves to help someone else. Mm. Because mm. there you see, Jesus even said what we do for the least of these, we, yes, we've done yes. for him. Yes. And, uh, and I think that goes so far as just the action of getting out of our comfort level and saying, okay, I'm really going to suffer for Jesus. Because when Jesus calls us to do something, there's two words that a friend of mine and uh, Paul Britton, he says there's two words that he teaches his children never go together, and that's no Lord. Mm. And I think mm. he also says, no, dad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, wow. But, it sounds yeah. like a true parent. Huh? <laughs> yeah. but, but no, Lord. And mm. I think, I don't think, I know God is, we're, we're called the church and we know that means called. And so he's always consistently, continuously calling to us to see the things that he sees and to see things the way he sees it. And God isn't nervous about getting this done. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do. We get nervous. Uh, we don't want. We don't want to go into the airport district. For me, that's a foreign world. A little bit out of the uh, comfort zone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or I don't want to go into the west side. I don't want to be around guys that smell and stink. You know, I, I, I don't want that. That's not part of what I would desire. But God is saying that is what you're supposed to do. And in doing that is where God chastens me, where mm-hmm. God sifts me, where God uh, allows me to see all the selfishness of my own heart and the deceitfulness of my own life and how I can lose myself for his sake out in the world doing the things he called me to do. And I, I really do think this is God's program yeah. is for Christians to shake free of all this privilege and entitlement that we think we have. Well, we you, you mentioned have. something a while back, Mike, mm-hmm. that I think is very important, and, and you were talking about program. Yes. Huh? You know, we are so used to a program that has a start, 
That's right. And a finish. And and city reaching, city uh-huh. transformation does not have a start and a finish. No. It's a it's a it's a journey. And and Marty, I'm just wondering from from your perspective. Uh, thinking about what that journey consists of, and I mean, you you help manage uh, and 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 run a, a, a Christian em- emphasis radio station for a while, and you saw programs come and go. Uh, what what's the real deal out there? What does the church need to do today to really make a difference in the community? Well, all I can do is kind of give you my experience. Uh, you know, every just about every day, you can be with a Christian person and talk about how our society has slipped. In the last 60 years, we alluded to it today uh, on this radio program. Uh, you can hear people preach on it. Uh, I have certainly spoken on it um, to my friends and anybody that will listen. And most of us agree. Yeah, boy, Marty, that's a real problem. That's a real problem. So, all right, the question is, what do you do about it? And the, the thing is, is I'm not God. I don't know what you're supposed to do about it. Um, I know he can tell you what you're supposed to do about it. I can tell you that... Uh, and I'll say it here, uh, when, for instance, having Joseph come live with us, that was really, I mean, I, I went along with it totally, but it was not my idea. It was my wife's idea. My wife is generous, you know. I don't necessarily consider myself a generous person uh, by rote or by default. Um, you know, if, if, if I see you don't have something and I can provide it for you, uh, and, and, and for instance, I'm, in, I'm not the kind of person that will say, uh, well, Gee, I'm going to go out to eat. Oh, you don't have any money to eat? Oh, that's just too bad. No, I don't mean like that. But I'm, I'm not that kind of person either, thank goodness. But, you know, I'm not the kind of person that will say, here, let me get your lunch, you know. Or um, let me, I, I, I'll, I'll tell you one story. My wife and I, we went out to dinner, and uh, we, we'd gone to uh, whatever that place is called in Vallejo now, uh, Six Flags. And uh, my wife had been very touched because, she was having to get around in a wheelchair because her knees and her ankles bother her. And so uh, the people there in, in, in Joseph's family, a few were really good about pushing her. So we're at the restaurant, and she goes, Marty, we're going to pick up dinner. I said, oh, okay, yeah, cool. And then I start thinking, oh, how much is going to cost? <laughs> <laughs> how much is that dinner going to cost? I start, thinking, I start thinking about it. And even and, after dinner, his wife said, ouch. <laughs> well, and, and she goes, no, we're going to do this. And I said, okay. Um, so the bill comes and it's, you know, it's, it's somewhere between 150 and $200. And I'm saying, now we can afford this, right? And right. now you yeah. guys know how big my family is. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and I, I said, we can afford this, right? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking, you know, now are you sure you want to? And, and so my wife is the generous one. My wife is the one that, 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 but you know, we have to start somewhere, and, and and I'm not saying necessarily that you bring someone into your home that you don't know. I'm not saying that, but we have to start somewhere. We have to do something mm-hmm. because if you don't like the way things are, you got to do something. Because if you and you know, or you can keep complaining, and you know what, it's just going to get worse and worse. Mm-hmm. It's it's not getting better out there. It's getting worse because we have a world that's totally. Counter to what the things we're talking about. Absolutely, Christ was counterculture, wasn't he? And and, yeah. and and we have to start. You know, it might mean for you. I understand. You know, you have a uh, for people with growing families that have uh, commitments to their kids and soccer practice and football practice and baseball practice. And you know, I can make you tired just thinking about it. But 
I understand where maybe there's a season for certain things and you have your kids to think about and, and, you know, you just don't know what you're going to do. Well, it may not be an ongoing daily thing you're going to do. Maybe you're just supposed to deliver kids for angel, uh, gifts for angel tree this year. Right. Maybe that's what you can do. You know, I'm not saying that, that, you know, well, we got to be like Marty Lancer. No, we don't need more Marty Lancers. We, we, you know, you need to decide and talk to God about what he wants you to do and then, and then do it. But, um, we need to do something. We need to step out because if we don't step out, I mean, I, Joseph and I were talking before the broadcast about the people that have been in our home and a lot of them have gone back to prison because mm. they just can't cut it out here. Steve Warren told me one time, and mm. when, when I say Steve Warren, people, yes. yep. oh, yeah. people know who he is. Yeah. And he used to run, a, he's a missionary now in, mm. uh, I believe, Africa. Yes. But he, he used to have a home out here. Uh, a discipleship home and kind of a, what, what some might term a halfway house for guys that have come out of prison. And he told me one time, he says, Marty, you have to understand, some of these guys, some, nobody cares about them at all. Mm -hmm. And I've seen that. You know, I, I've, I've seen it by talking to guys. Nobody cares about them at all. And, and so what's a person like that going to do when they get out? You know, they don't – I think the misnomer and the, what we think is – in our church experience, and believe me, we have a nice church we go to with lots of facilities, and 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 they have some great programs. But um, there are some people they're not going to come there. Mm -hmm. They're not going to walk through those doors because they think that they won't be welcome. Now, I'd like to say that that's not true, but it doesn't matter. Perception's reality, and they think they won't be welcome, so they don't come. And One of the things, you know, and I, I hear Marty saying it, and it, it still sits on my heart. Uh, when you think about the Bible and the leopards in the Bible and how nobody wanted nothing to do with them. Uh, and I told Marty and his wife this when I came to their house. Uh, I'm your modern-day leper, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. And so many people who have lived uh, a rough life think that. You know, they, they, they get a little glimpse of the Bible and they hear about that. And uh, they know that there was even people in the Bible nobody wanted nothing to do with. And they kind of believe that's them, yeah. you know, and uh, it's hard, you know. Absolutely. Well, Joseph, a couple of minutes ago you were talking about transitions right. and, the, and the difficulty in trans, uh, transitioning from being incarcerated where there's one set of uh, rules, you know, one set of and, – and, and back out and trying to mainstream back into a society that's not prepared to accept you. Chaplain Mike Atinsky, you're, you're making some great strides here, really, in, in, in attacking that problem of transition. How do we help guys and gals coming out of prison uh, to transition in back into the culture that okay. they left? Yeah. Tell us a little bit about yeah. some of those initiatives. Well, I think uh, it, it lies to the church. I, the church being all of us, individual people, the temple of the Holy Spirit individually and the temple of the Holy Spirit together. Uh, the living stones, it falls to us. And uh, this is no surprise to God. He's actually put a spirit in our government right now to say we need help. And uh, we we want help. And they're actually opening up their arms for help. The thing that could grieve us, and it should grieve us maybe, is that the church isn't stepping up. Mm, yeah. Leaders... Are, it actually, it's, it's right for leaders to get the call first. But then leaders have to be on their knees praying and also encouraging, spurring the people in the church to step up and to do it. 
uh, like you said about programs to start and then there's a leader there and then there's the finish. Well, God's program is is uh, not quite that way. It's, it is continuous. And we need to, I think, as pastors, and here's a pastor of a little tiny church that struggled for a long time, give up your programs. Give up your building programs. Give up your growth programs. Mm-hmm. Give up all those programs. Uh, teach parents in your church to be good parents in their home so you don't have to have a big children's program. Uh, teach teach young men to be sexually pure before they get married and to treat the young virgin girl or the young girl that, that has a virgin desire. Uh, treat them right. Treat them properly so you don't have to go through the stage of of crumbling marriage later. And we have to model that, don't we? We do have so, to model I mean, model people it. just don't, because no, we say so, right. we have to model that. Model it. And I think in uh, in terms of this, Mike, Elaine, you know, you, every day you're dealing with people, and, and you've been an integral part of, of the PAC meetings mm-hmm. uh, in Stanislaus County. Talk, uh, talk a little bit about the little things that people can do and are doing to interact and to bless those who are coming out of prison. Well, it's just like Joseph and I were talking uh, before the broadcast about the SAFE project, um, Mm -hmm. securing affordable uh, accountability and and employment, Um, sitting across from the table from people that, like you use the word leper, and I was just going to ask you, Joseph, to address that very thing about people who treat you as lepers in the marketplace and in the church places we can't do that. You and I, Joseph, and Pastor Mike and, and others sit across the table, just like here tonight, from people who have pulled those triggers, pulled those knives on others. And it's just like we are looking at another human being, very capable of those very behaviors, but so are we right. if we chose to. These people are wanting training. They're wanting to, many of them, wanting to choose another lifestyle. So we are there basically to help them and show them another way. Well, that's the point I was making. If we, if we don't live it out and we don't show people the change life that Christ has called the church to have and display, I call it lifestyle apologetics instead of just trying to intellectualize the, the gospel so people accept it, live the gospel so people see it and want it. Then if we can, if the pastors could feel confident that their their people, their, the congregations they lead are living a life that is sold out to Jesus and authenticity is a part of it, these are all pretty ideal, but I was told never give up your ideals. Uh, that then you can encourage that same congregation, get out there and do those little things that are going to make a major impact because you have a thousand people doing little things. You've got a thousand little things being done that weren't done before. Yeah, and absolutely. it's going to make an impact on other people. And have, you'll grow. We have a banner just in back of us here that says one act of kindness at a time. Yeah. You know, we often try to eat the elephant in one hole, mm-hmm. you know, but you really have to attack these things on, on a, on a small doable level. And, and the, the reality is that the body of Christ today can make a huge difference yeah. in our world if we'll get outside the four walls of our churches and our homes and start to interact with the people. And the opportunities, Joseph, are in our, they're in our blocks. Right. We don't have to go very far, right. do we? Well, you know, when I, when I hear the word challenges, it's, uh, 
I, I use it every now and then because challenges could be rough. You know, I think if you get a challenge placed before you and it's too hard, it could set you back. Uh, but I've told some of the guys before um, who I've had a chance to talk to or the ones that have uh, I've written in prison that have gotten out, here's the challenge. You know, uh, we look at ourselves as lepers. You know, we believe that. The challenge is to believe God's word that we are not lepers, that mm. we're his child, mm. That's right. you know, that we have a new heart, that we're not this old person anymore. Um, and I say when I think about all the stuff that said, uh, you're right, we don't have to go far. You know, there's there's churches all over the place. And again, when I think of church, I'm thinking us. You know, there's Christians that walk around the city daily that could do something uh, that can make a huge impact. You know, smile. I love just the, the impact of a smile. And I don't smile that much myself. But when I see somebody smile, it automatically makes me smile when you see a genuine smile. Uh, even more so when it's somebody that's struggling and you see them smile. You know, I mean, that's... Uh, when life is rough and things are crazy and you could still smile through it, to me, I see God. You know, we had, uh, we had an experience when Joseph was first coming to live with us. We had a couple guys come over. We had this big old palm tree. See, this was something else. My wife and I can't knock down that palm tree. You want a blind guy chopping down your palm tree? <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that's what you want. And, 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 and so, we had this big old palm tree, and and so how to get rid of the thing? We've been talking about it for years. How to get rid of this old palm tree? Well, mm. a couple of guys came over and they 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 got rid of it. Well, one of the guys came into our house and we were have my wife had made sandwiches for everybody and we're sitting down and he he prayed at dinner. He says or at lunch. He says, "Lord, thank you that these people would allow me in their home." Mm. And I didn't think that was that big a deal. And I'll tell you right now, as a as a grown man, I'm, I'm six foot almost 270, uh, man, seeing him do that made me cry. Mm. You know, that, that the only thing that you want to put on the table right now is that you're thankful that we let you in the house. Yeah. You know, and it's sometimes people don't see that stuff, which I wish I could have recorded it. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Chaplain Mike Atinsky, uh, you know, God's uh, time is eternal, but ours isn't here. we got about a minute and a half left. What would you uh, do to encourage people, encourage pastors, believers to take a step towards really impacting their community and, and, and especially focusing on that transition of those coming out of prison into the community. Right. I, I'd say uh, have no fear. You know, God is uh, in control. He, he's laying it out before us to step and to do the right thing. And just like them standing at the edge of the Jordan River, you got to put your foot out into the river when it stops. And... Uh, and you cross it. And I think we're at that juncture. I think we need to put away our fears, put away our childish ways, read Corinthians 13 again, and uh, and realize it begins with me. So if change is going to occur, it's going to happen through me and let God lead and pray for revival. We need revival in our, in our country. We need revival within the church. Rabbi Pastor Michael Atinsky, we love you, dear friend. Joseph Cabral, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks we love you me. also. Marty Lancer, All right. dear friend, come back again soon. And dear friends at home, wherever you are listening tonight, thank you for sharing a part of your evening with us. Join us again next time here on Lighthouse Live. <laughs>